welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. As I mentioned yesterday, I am on vacation this week. I took my wife and little girl Olivia away on a long-promised vacation. So no full new Ralph Report shows this week. However, I did want to leave you in the lurch with nothing for your ears. So I put together some pre-recorded little mini-shows all week long for you to have a little taste of the Ralph Report before I come back on July 2nd with all brand new shows. Today's show is a best of moment where I think of all the celebrity interviews I've done, and I have been incredibly lucky. A ton of great people have come to my rescue and been willing to sit down with me for an hour or so and talk about their lives and careers. But this was the one interview we probably got most feedback on, and all of it was positive. And I think largely because Eric Stone Street and myself did this interview over a bottle of bourbon. And what started off innocently enough as a couple drinks while we talked uh, continued on after the recorder (laughs) was turned off and we went well into the evening and there was much rejoicing. But the interview itself is, it's funny, it's honest, it's open, and you can hear us get increasingly more buzzed as the interview goes on. Uh, I'm not going to play the whole thing for you today. That's available, of course, if you are a two-star general or above in the Garmy. But this is just a little taste, a little best of moment for those of you who may not have heard the interview with Eric Stone Street, who of course plays Cam on Modern Family. Here's the two of us talking, and it includes the legendary Pete Lecoq argument. (laughs) You'll know what I'm talking about when you get to that part of today's interview snippet with me and Eric Stone Street. What are the biggest or funniest misconceptions or most absurd rumors you've ever heard, ever heard about yourself? Well, a rumor that I heard about myself once that I didn't deny was that I dated Charlize Theron. I remember that one. You may not remember, but you called me out on the radio about that. Did I? Yes, because I said, I, I said, well, this is obviously, this is a ridiculous rumor. <laughs> this, is, this is absurd. This yeah, you happen. jerk. <laughs> and you literally called in to complain about the fact that I said people are just... Putting th- putting people together. Yeah, this I was proud of that rumor. I was. I was I'm like, sure you were. Yeah, yes. uh, that came from one picture at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I have no idea where it came from, but it's a great example that your listeners can use and look at as far as how, what extents people and publishers of salacious magazines will go to to create content. They need stories, man. They need stories, and it's it was driven from one picture. And um, I'll never forget, I was at the uh, night before Emmy's party, and uh, I get a text from uh, Billy Bush. He goes, Stone Street, is it true? And I was like, is what true? Oh, my God, what? What is what true? The fact that Billy Bush has your number and you guys know each other, that that creeps me out a little bit, a little bit. So he texted me and said, is it true? And I was like, uh, again, this was like six, seven years ago now. Right, right. And... uh, he sends me the link, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm showing everyone. I'm like, look at this. Look at this. I'm dating Charlie Theron. And the next day was the Emmys. So uh, the next day I had to deal with questions on the red carpet. Are you dating Charlie Theron? And I was like, you know, I, I just, out of respect to Holly Berry, I don't want to answer this, these questions. <laughs> Danny Zucker gave me that line. That's I was like, classic. I need a line 
for the red carpet, Danny, please. And he goes, out of respect to Holly Berry, I, I just respect please respect her privacy. Although, Charlize, I know her a little bit, and she probably would have been game to go along with. She probably would have shown up. She's amazing. Just, she's the best person, one of the best people I know. So sweet. And, yeah. and, and also what's funny is what that article didn't know is there was a picture of us taken at the White House Correspondence Center, but then we randomly ran into each other three more or two more times after that. We did an episode of Sesame Street that we were there the same day. We did something else. So it was kind of weird that we had been around each other oddly three times, but no, that was that was a good one. And then also a, a personal one that you'll love is that uh, I was at a dinner table one time, and as you know, people love to talk about you in front of you like they you can't hear them. Yeah, it's odd. It's a, and I was that's, at, a, that's a Hollywood phenomenon, I think. You don't see that happening in a lot of other places. No. People will just talk about you. He's, he's you know, he's thinner than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He, you know. He's 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 more handsome than I figured he would be. It's like, hello, I'm here. But these two ladies were at a table talking, and the one lady said, you know, he was a rodeo clown. And I was like, I'm good with that. I'm not going to correct that. If you want to go forth, it's a way to world, butch up the clown yeah, business a little bit when you I'm think about it. I'm fine with you thinking I'm a rodeo, yeah, rodeo clown. That's funny. Uh, this is a question we're not going to respond to, but I just thought it was hilarious because after all these years, we were just talking about this earlier in the interview. Uh, Fergal Devaney from Ireland said, my question for Eric is how difficult is it for an openly gay actor to get work in Hollywood? So people still don't quite understand. <laughs> yeah, hey, Fergal. <laughs> wonder what Fergal would translate to. Uh, Kristen Altman wrote this he said does eric think that have play, has playing a gay character for so long limited roles that he's considered for now mm. we talked about how casting people don't have a lot of necessarily have a lot of imagination has it uh, impinged upon the kind of roles that you're considered for in films and stuff outside of modern family you know i think it probably most definitely has but i don't blame the business for it i mean i think this is a business that is allowed to discriminate and producers are allowed to be wrong be wrong and create whatever they want to create yeah. like if if they think you know i'm i'm not right for a part i mean i know that i know that my notoriety would hinder a film potentially and that's not necessarily because of my ability to p- play a character or not it's due to the fact of people's lack of imagination it's the success of your character, in essence. It's almost a tribute to how popular and, and imprinted that character is on people's imaginations that when they see you in another project, that it might, it might change them a little bit. But I don't take offense to it. If it happens, it happens. And as Ed O'Neill told me very early on, who plays Jay and is Al Bundy for everybody who doesn't know the name Ed O'Neill, and you should just bury yourself if you don't. <laughs> but he, he told me very early on that you're going to have to figure out a way to keep track in a different way and what he meant by that was anything that you don't think is fair or right you're keeping track with dollars in the bank you just have to be thankful for what you're getting paid and what's happening in your life and what you have good because it's a trade it's a trade-off it's a trade-off it is and i don't i still don't think that celebrity or famous people one of my least favorite things is like well you asked for it you know, when people are out and badgering you or whatever, it's like, well, you asked for this. It's part, it's part of the deal. Well, it's not necessarily that. But by the same token, um, I do understand that it. I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed and very, very thankful. And I think also that it's less now than it was maybe at a different time in the industry. I think people are more accepting. And you, you do see actors being able to stretch more 
than they would, let's say, 30 or 40 years ago, even in terms of crossing over from television and film and film and television and back. I mean, I was close friends with Adam West, who played TV's Batman for many years. <clears throat> Pete Lecoq's son, a dad. What's that? Pete Lecoq was a first baseman for the Kansas City Royals, and Adam West is his dad. No, no he isn't. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. Wait, hold on. I know Adam's family very well. Wait, Pete no... Lecoq was our first baseman. I know I can't keep saying Pete Lecoq enough. You are laughing so hard right now. But hold on. We have to Google this. Pete Lecoq. Stop saying Pete Lecoq. No, Lecoq. I will not. First of all. I will not. Pete Lecoq. I know all of Adam's family very well. I was with them at Adam West Day at his hometown of Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. We, we're, we're, very, we're intimately... Connected, I, I'm, Adam's family and myself, and none of his sons are named Pete, or more importantly, <laughs> Lecoq. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Which translates to the cock. Hold on. Literally, what it translates into. Hold on. I'm Googling this in real Please time. Please do. He's got, he's got two sons, Hunter Anderson and Perrin Anderson. Those are his two sons. Wait, all the Perrin rest are all daughters. No, it English. does not. None of that is true. Okay. You completely fucking railroad my one. Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall is not Adam West. Who's Peter Marshall, though? Peter Marshall was the host of a, of a, of a game show, uh, Hollywood Squares. Whew. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> Peter Marshall. I thought was Peter Batman. Marshall was the host of Hollywood Squares. Oh, my God. Here I've been thinking Peter Marshall was a Batman for years. Really? Since I've been a kid. I swear to but God. But you've seen Batman, right? You've seen yeah, the but, TV show Batman? But I thought there was more than one Batman. What? Like Supermans. Like, remember there was a, multiple Supermans? There was one TV Superman, George Reeves. I know I'm so in your world right now. You and are. I have no business You're being really in pissing me off I'm right sorry. now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to leave my own home. <laughs> Because I have that much respect for you and your superhero. Peter Marshall was the host of Hollywood Squares, the game show Hollywood Squares. So, Paul Lynn for the block. He'd be that guy. Who did, yes, that guy. You can't tell me that looks a little... It like looks wild. nothing like... Pull up a picture of Adam West, TV's Batman, and I you'll mean, see a very different person. I'm humiliated. Have you never watched the TV show Batman? You must have seen a couple of them at some point. Even you. Even in between hugging the pigs and and wishing on a horse you must have at some point seen a tv series called batman adam west hold on i'm googling him all right i know who he is i mean obvious okay yeah uh this is this is humiliating i have been bested (laughs) my lord son so anyway back to my story before i got derailed by pete (laughs) lecoq you mean Pete the cock. Adam was the biggest TV star in the world for a hot minute. From 66 to 68, there was nobody bigger than Adam West. He was on the number one most attention-grabbing television series of the 60s. And then he could not get a job after that. He he did anything he could do to, to, to pay for his kid's school. He went out and he, he did uh, custom car and van shows. This is before Comic-Cons and all that kind of stuff. So he had to make a living. He would go to a circus and be shot out of a cannon in the oh Batman costume. I mean, this guy really was on the other side of fame in terms of what, what you can have and what you can't have. And he said... I don't ever want to hear about another guy talking about typecasting stuff in this industry now. I knew him when we were doing Family Guy together. Because he said, because there's still ways that you can earn voiceover work or whatever. He was doing Family Guy at the time. He said it was much worse then, but he still always, I think, had a 
problem with how short-sighted and how much of a copycat business the industry was. If, you, if you're in a role that's spectacularly sort of successful, all they want to do is put you in that same role over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Well, and, and my, my uh, requests uh, that I've gotten a few of to go to like Broadway have been roles that... La Cage yeah, and stuff. Yeah. that I don't really... Because my, my goal would be to move the needle a little bit with, with people. And they definitely have asked me to do roles that would fit into the line of, of sort of Cameron-esque characters. Right. But again, let me say that if Cameron... Like if I never play another character on television that, that 10 years on a sitcom... Uh, I it I exceeded every dream that I ever had in in Hollywood. You did pretty well for yourself. I exceeded it, so I'm I'm okay with it. And if it means that I'm going to take a few years off and never come back, or a few years off and try to come back, it, I'm I'm okay with everything at this point. Do you write at all? You know, I, I a lot of people who do sketch <laughs> and improv and stuff. I also have uh, writing skills. I took a Groundlings class when I first moved out here, and I'd gone through the Second City Conservatory and. <laughs> I took a Groundlings class just to see if I wanted to do it, and I realized I don't. I don't want to write. Really, I don't want to do it, and because I don't have the passion for it, I mm. have. I love bringing other people's ideas and world, you know, worlds to life as best as I can, and I definitely because I'm an improviser, I think I am a writer. I mean, I inevitably sure. write in my brain, um, and there's a chance that maybe someday I would want to do that, but. I, I don't see myself as a writer. While we're talking about your work, I would be remiss if I did not touch base on the toy box, which in my household is much watched, must watch television. I have a seven-year-old uh, daughter who is obsessed with not only the show, but you, and also for a girl her age to see other kids her age having say-so over grown-ups and being able to choose who goes through and, and gets their toy made and stuff like that. we it's, it's one of the few shows that, as a family, we can sit down and watch, and we do on a weekly basis. That's nice. Um, is that something that you enjoy doing? Or? I, I did enjoy doing it. I do enjoy doing it. I don't know if it's we're going to do a third season oh, it's of it. not going to come back? Well, I don't know. They have to make that decision. Uh, I liked it, and I, I took I, – I never wanted to host anything. Um, but when they came to me and said, well, it's your opportunity to work with kids, I, being the clown that I am, I was like, oh, I love, I love working with kids. And then sort of the adult version of it, I love people that are passionate about things. And I love toys. Yes, you, you do. Know, I, love, I love things that, uh, that remind me of being a kid. Don't we all? I go to Disneyland and ride Peter Pan because I don't think I'm happier in my life any more than I am on Peter Pan at Disneyland. You're talking to a man who has a room, an entire room in his home filled with nothing but Batman toys. Yeah. So I absolutely understand. So we get it. I, I mean, I think now when people ask me like what it, what my major like regrets or disappointments in life are, my answer now finally is this, that I, uh, if any kids for any reason are listening at this moment in time, you need to shut the podcast off. Uh, this is serious, Eric, is that I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. I love Christmas and I love I know that your former coworker Allie and all of you guys would get into each other about Christmas decorations and stuff like that but I love the spirit of Christmas and I love thinking about what it was like to be 7 on Christmas Eve and I think that 
like I love that feeling and anything that can get me back to that feeling makes me feel good inside. I hear you. Hot Wheels, Stompers, <laughs> Peter Pan, Casey Jr. at Disney. I love I love feeling like I'm eight. I agree. I, I have no desire to let go of that child inside of myself. I, I I live I live for it. Now having a kid of my own, it makes you it's it's funny. How old's yours? Seven. It makes you much older all of a sudden. The minute you have a kid, you become much older because you must become the parent and you have to be more responsible than you've ever been in your life. Yeah. But also, it makes you much closer to that child again because you get to be there and see everything through her eyes and you get to play with her and you get to, to be part of a child's life, which makes you feel in 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 moments childlike again. Now, I have yourself. a question for you. Yes. Because you're how did this happen? How, how did this all turn around? Because, and now you're well, because you're the perfect person to deal with this topic because it is a, it is a topic for people that were born somewhere else yes. that live in another city. All right. Are you going to make your daughter be a Philadelphia Eagles fan or oh, it's already done? It's, it's not, it's okay. not even a question. All right. See, that's it's happened. Yeah. She, she's, she's been watching games with me on Sundays on my lap since she could. So focus you don't think she has the right to be a chargers or Rams fan? No, no. Do you think she has a right to be a Superman over Batman fan? No, of course not. Look, some things are, are, are genetic, Eric. It's not genetic, it, but it, in my house it is. Absolutely it is. Listen, she is seven yes. and still trying to make up her mind, and you're going to tell her she's an Eagles fan. She is an Eagles fan because, <laughs> she, because when she was born, for the first seven years, there was no fucking football team in this city, all right? So she has no claim on any football team at all. So she won't she won't root for King the Kings. Oh no, no. We we took her to a Flyers Kings game and I in her first Flyers jersey she sat there. Her mother wore a a Kings jersey because her mother's from from the Los Angeles area. So I allowed that. Are the Flyers would, are the Flyers coming back to LA before the end of the season? I don't think so. I think they've done their stand already. Yeah. You don't have glass seats. I know you do. Yeah. And I think I could change your uh, daughter's. <laughs> oh, 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 better people than you have tried, sir. That's all I may say. <laughs> She is daddy's little girl, and we that's one of the things we bond on. We, she loves to keep score. She has a little scoreboard that she'll write down the Eagles. Every time they score, she'll run over, and she'll change the score up and stuff, and she gets a thrill out of now, it. Now, will you root for the Kings when they're not playing anyone else? Of course, yes. They're my secondary team, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I get shit for that, for being a Dodgers fan and a Royals fan. I can't. Uh, you want to talk about what's ruined my taste for baseball is all the people that when I post anything about the Dodgers, they're like, I thought you were a Royals fan. When I post anything about the Royals, I thought you were a Dodgers fan. No, it's like, you can only it be one. sucks. Although, like, it's so funny because I, I understand uh, your, your frustration with that. But at the same time, when it comes to football, I can't imagine liking another team other than my team. You're 100% right. I have no other interest in any football team than the Kansas City Chiefs. But I will tell you that the American League and National League make it very clear for me that I would it, I oh, only I have a conflict. But you when, could have an NFC team. Yeah, but I'm more passionate about the sport of football. I love the pageantry of baseball. I like going to the park. I like the hot dogs and I like the popcorn. You like and I the like experience, the yes. Yeah. And so I'm a fan of the sport. Where with football, I'm only I'm I'm a fan of the sport, but I'm also a passionate Chiefs fan. It's a different deal, and it it, it pisses me off that I can't root for the game of baseball. Where people have, and I've let it happen because. I do consider myself a man of the people, and I listen to what people say, <laughs> is it pisses me off that people give me so much shit about it. It makes me mad. 
Are you susceptible to what people say and do on social media towards you? It depends. I find myself being that much more than I would care to be. Well, I would like I would like to be more secure and less affected well, by here's it. Here's the thing that I've I John Candy was if if I had a regret in this world, it's it's in my acting life, it's that I never met John Candy. Second is that I never got to work with with uh with Dennis Franz on NYPD Blue. You're kidding me, right? You were on NYPD Blue. I was a semi-regular on yeah, NYPD Blue. I know. Yeah. But I wanted to be thrown up against a wall by Dennis Franz. Oh, you wanted to be a perp. And I wanted Dennis Franz to call me a turd. <laughs> you, he was you, good at that. You turd. You turd. And Let me I tell got, you something. You're going to tell us what you did, you turd. Yep. I remember you from NYPD Blue. You don't. I 100% do. I was officer exposition. I, the only job I ever had on that show was the show to go, uh, we found a body in the dumpster and it looks like she was lacerated pretty badly. I don't know what But how would I just again. have known you were on NYPD Blue? I have no idea. Maybe I you're just a, show. a big, big fan of mine. That's all I know. Well, I knew you were on NYPD Blue. Yeah. That's it for today's audio appetizer of the Ralph Report. Uh, tomorrow is a Wednesday, so we will be having a new One Hit Wonder for One Hit Wonder Wednesday. We'll also be revisiting the legendary waxing <laughs> adventure with me and my wife going to get uh, my, uh, my butt waxed. Steve Ashton, our UK correspondent, will have a brand new segment. Thursday, we'll have a Best of Sex You segment where we talk to actress Misty Martinez about what goes on behind the scenes in the adult film industry. Friday, we'll still have all the new movies opening up with the movie beat and much more. So stick around all week long, and I hope you enjoy these little audio appetizers of the Ralph Report while I'm on vacation. Thanks so much. I will talk to you all when I return with brand new shows on July 2nd. In the meanwhile, come on back tomorrow, because I love you, and I mean it. Bye.